Well, good morning. You can tell we're doing some remodeling around here. We're about to. Um, but uh, before we start in our, in our text today, we, we need to pray uh, as a church today. Um, we partner with Jose Luis. I want you to see a picture of him. Jose Luis is um, uh, in Mexico, in the kind of the western central part of Mexico. Many of you have gone on a mission trip uh, with us. We go quite often. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip, but you should go. Uh, the first time when I was, I went on a mission trip for the first time as a, as a middle schooler. And, and I'll tell you, that has changed my life. Getting outside of United, the United States of America is so very valuable. Um, sharing the gospel outside the United States is so very valuable. I mean, honestly, if you're a parent, uh, you got to take your kids on a mission trip. Um, that's one of the things that Robin and I have done, and it's been the greatest parenting move I, I think I could, that we've ever had. Um, but Jose Luis is, uh, is dear to us. He uh, leads his, this whole network of church, of house churches, and um, he's having a hard time. And this morning, really, we need to pray for him. He, in that part of Mexico, there's a lot of social persecution. And Jose Luis is, um, has been kicked out of where he lives, where his house church is. And um, over 20 times he's applied to move to an apartment complex, 20 times. And they have said to him, are you an evangelical Christian? Or... Uh, and he says yes, and so they said, we're not going to rent to you. And, and, and he cannot find a place to live. And, and this is so very valuable, very critical for his, his house church and these things. They, they just don't have a place to meet. And so this morning, I want us to begin with prayer over him and just for God's provision. Um, uh, Harrison, I think you're over here, right? Is Harrison over here? Harrison's right there. We, um, a couple weeks ago, we prayed for Harrison his, uh, with his cancer diagnosis. His surgery is this week. And um, so these are two things that, that we really need to take before the Lord. I'd like for some of you to gather around Harrison over there, if you would. Darby, Patrick, you guys just gather around him. And, um, and let's do some, let's be at church this morning. And do some prayer time uh, uh, together over these two needs that are right in front of us. Can we do that? Father, would you teach us to pray? And in this moment, we have two big needs in our, in our, in our body. For Jose Luis, Lord, he's facing some difficult um, persecution. And Father, we want to just bring him to your feet. We want to call his name out before your throne. And Lord, I know that none of this is a surprise to you. As we come to you right now, you're not like, oh, I didn't know that. Because you're sovereign. You are the king of all kings. And, and we're not the first ones to bring him to you. And you've been ministering to him and working in his life. But Father, would you open a door for him to live, a place to him, for him to live? 
Father, would you work this out in a, in a divine plan? And, and Lord, I can only imagine just the people that are, that are searching and seeking and that don't know you, Father. And, and Jose Luis is going to live next door to them with their family. I just pray for, I pray for your open door, Lord. Father, for Harrison this week, big week this week. And Lord, I, we just, as this church family, lift him to you. Ask that you would touch him. Lord, use this healing. We pray for healing, Lord. Use this in among his firefighter friends, among his family and friends and our church, all that know you. Lord, would he feel the power of prayer this week? Because, Lord, medicine is a gift from you. I pray that you would use those doctors, use their, just bless their wisdom. You gave it to them anyway. So we know healing comes from you. So we ask that you would touch him. Father, these are moments that teach us that we need you. And I pray that you would hear the prayers of our collective body at your throne. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You know, um, Passion Week is this week, and, and, uh, and I'm thankful for it. I'm excited about it. And I, you, you, just the history of that, uh, Brad Ayler, uh, who's on our staff, he had the kind of the vision and the direction to, to kind of think about um, uh, doing the Stations of the Cross and kind of bringing this to our church. And then he, he mentioned that to Debbie Nill and, and to Helen DeClue, and they just like, their minds just dreamt up all kinds of things. Then Casey Long came. Now we have, this week is going to be absolutely amazing with um, uh, just pointing our city, pointing people around, our neighbors, our, our family, our, our, our co-workers to who Christ is and what he's done. It's an important week in the life of our church. In fact, uh, uh, you don't have to sign up early before you come, but, but we would, we'd love for you to register for that. Uh, you could just uh, look on our app. Like if you, you, take out your phone. I just want you to look at it. Look, look at our app or our website, themission.net. You can see right there at the top where to register. Um, but, uh, I mean, you can walk up, but it's helpful for us to know um, who's coming. But I, but I want to challenge you to, to invite somebody because this week is going to be absolutely amazing. Right after the service, this whole place is going to be transformed in a remarkable way. And, and it's just an opportunity to point the world uh, to Christ and, and, uh, and to the cross, to the resurrection. Uh, and this is very important. We're going to look at our text. In fact, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. Um, in Luke chapter 18, this is one of those moments that, that, the, that the, um, Jesus pointed to the cross and the resurrection. And when you really think about it all through the scriptures, we see this over and over again. The impact of the, of the death and resurrection of Christ is phenomenally important. But, but so often the disciples didn't understand it. Today, uh, we're going we're gonna to we're gonna think a little doctrinally today. We're going to think doctrinally. We're going, to, we're going to look at what the Bible says, what the teaching is about the resurrection of Christ. Stand with me. Let's look at Luke chapter 18. And we're going to look at verses 8, 31 through 34 today. Um, and you know, it's Palm Sunday. And, and as Jesus, there was a big moment you know, when, when Christ was leading his disciples to Jerusalem. It's a big moment in the history of the world. And, and uh, 
This is right before that. Verse 31 says this, And taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, and I want us to pay attention, if you've, if, you're, if you've been with us over the last three weeks, this is the third time that we've looked at a passage of Scripture where Jesus said to his disciples, hey, boys, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise from the dead. I mean, I mean, three times, Jesus flat out said to them, this is what I'm going to do, but yet they struggled to understand it. And and, and you know what? I think that it's, I think people even today struggle to understand the significance of the resurrection. That's why I think so many, there's so much casual Christianity in the world. There's so many people that, that for, for them, following Christ is mildly important. That this can't be true of us. You know, following Christ cannot be mildly important to us. It's, it's of utmost importance. And I think it's, what I want us to do today is kind of process the significance of the resurrection. Because for the disciples that hung out with Christ and, and even the disciples of 2022, if you're following along in our notes, um, the first point is this, that the death, burial, and resurrection are really the only signs, the most important signs, the only signs the world needs to see. You know, so many people are looking for signs, like, like God, are you real? God, you know, is, is, are you at work in my life? Is there hope in, in life and in death? And, and the answer to that question is absolutely there is. And it's because of the, of the, the life, the, the death, the, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And, and you know, one of the, uh, uh, when I think about that moment in history, that's the most important moment in human history. I always call it the, it's the focal point of human history. When, when Jesus came and, 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 you know, that moment, this moment in the life of Christ was bigger than any world war. It was bigger than any uh, invention that's ever been made. It was, it was uh, bigger than any human achievement or failure. Uh, I mean, the resurrection of Christ, you know what it shows? It shows that, that forgiveness is necessary. Like that's what Jesus was doing. He was, he was pointing to the fact that he, he came to the cross and he died for your forgiveness. That was necessary. You needed to be forgiven. It points to the fact that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, that Christ has the power to forgive you. And, and, and I want you to look at verse 31. Look, look back at verse 31. And taking, taking the 12, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. And notice this, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. Now, now these disciples, they grew up Jewish. They grew up understanding the, 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 the Old Testament prophets. They, they grew up going to the synagogue. They, they understood all the prophecies that were, were proclaimed. And, and it, it's interesting, the, the passage Joe read, the Zechariah 9.9 9 says that Jesus would come in riding on a donkey. 
And he did. He came into Jerusalem. And this Palm Sunday, this is why it's so fascinating to the disciples. They couldn't believe it because they came in on this day and everybody's singing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I mean, they're throwing palm branches down. They're, they're like, oh, Jesus is here. And it's just a few days later, he died. Now, what's fascinating is Jesus told them uh, he would do that. He, what was he doing? He was fulfilling the prophets. Now, we don't have time to break down every prophecy about Jesus, but, but let me tell you this. You can go look at it yourself. Every prophecy that was made about the Messiah, Jesus fulfilled it. Every one of them to the very detail. It's fascinating. It's, it's incredible to, to process. And, and now let me just look at one of them. Let's think about one of them. Isaiah, one of my favorites, Isaiah 53, verse 5, Isaiah 750 years before Jesus would come, gets this message from God that says, but he was pierced. Think about this. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we've been healed. See, over and over again, the Bible points to the, the need of the cross, the need of Christ coming and paying the price for our sins. And, and Jesus did exactly what he said he would do. And, 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 and you know, let, let's face it, and this is something I pray we understand, for, for a disciple of Christ, um, you know, God keeping his word that should be a total expectation for us, right? I mean, let's, let's think about this. God kept every promise about his first coming, right? He did, he, every promise. Uh, he's gonna keep every promise about his second coming. He's gonna keep them. You know what? Uh, he's gonna keep his promise to you. Like, um, I don't know if we'll see the second coming of Christ. I don't know. But, but, but the truth is, when I die, do you know that I realize that in my death, God's gonna keep every promise he makes? Let's not forget this, folks. God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. And, and Jesus has basically said, look, um, nothing's going to stop God from keeping his promises. It's, it's significant. And, and, and I think that we, the resurrection is so very big for us. And, and I, I, this is on my heart. I, I've been wrestling with this this week as I thought about this passage that, that I think a lack of understanding the resurrection is Maybe one of the reasons why so many Christians are complacent. And man, complacency is just not an option for us. Just going through the motions, that's not an option for us. And um, Christ resurrection, now let's think about it. Um, Christ's resurrection was not just a coming back from the dead, right? It wasn't just that. It wasn't a normal coming back from the dead, if that's normal, right? Uh, uh, like Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus came back from the dead. Jesus, he was buried, and he was dead. And, and Jesus said to Lazarus, come out of the grave. Lazarus comes back from the grave, but Lazarus is not still alive. Lazarus eventually died again. He died. He's one of the few people in history that died twice, right? Because uh, he came back from the dead, and then he got old and died again. When Jesus rose from the dead, uh, something different happened. It, it was it was a it was a revelation for us. It helps. We need to understand this. We don't we don't need to be like the disciples and 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 not understand this the significance of this. And because what happened, Jesus physically rose and he hung out with people. He ate with people. He uh, people touched him, um, but then he he went to heaven. He sat on the throne, left his Holy Spirit. 
and his Holy Spirit is at work in our lives right now, leading even this today, in this moment, whether you're online or in the room, the Holy Spirit is moving as we're gathering in this place together, in this moment together. And look at verse 32. Jesus says, hey, look, guys, this is what's going to happen. For the Son of Man will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood, this is fascinating to me, but they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what he said. Now, we need to understand this too. And it's interesting from the beginning, the resurrection was hard to understand. And I, I think it is today. And, 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 and when you think about after Jesus rose from the dead, Luke 24, we're going to look at that next week. The, remember the, the ladies that, that saw Jesus struggled to recognize him. The guys on the road to Emmaus, they, they, they struggled to recognize Jesus. But, but the resurrection, you know what it does? It teaches us some incredible things about our future. And I want us to think about this today. When you think about the, what, what, wait, what awaits us. Genesis 131. I'm going to give you a couple of passages that I don't think are on the screen. But, but I just wanted you to bullet these passages. Genesis 131 talks about that, that at the very beginning of creation, when God made man in the, in the garden, that, that he saw everything that he made was good. This is good. And you know what the physical resurrection of Christ points to? It, it affirms God's original creation of man. The fact that, that God created man in his own image, and it was good, and it was right. And, and you know what? I, as you study the impact of the resurrection, you realize that, that, that in eternity, you and I, as resurrected men and women, will live in a new heaven and a new earth. You realize that's, that's waiting for us. And according to 2 Peter 3, 13, the, the, it says that, that there is a new heaven and a new earth in 2 Peter three thirteen where righteousness will dwell. And I want us to recognize that, that Jesus coming back from the grave points to the fact that, that eternal life is physical and spiritual together. Now, that's fascinating for us. But 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we'll unpack this just a short time in just a minute. But 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that we as resurrected men and women will live together in new bodies. How cool would that be? I mean, I talked to a guy this morning that I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, oh, my knee hurts, man. And uh, I was like, I get it. Uh, I get knee pain, you know. And uh, uh, who's looking forward to a resurrection body uh, that doesn't hurt anymore? I, I am. That would be awesome. First Corinthians 15 unpacks that. In First Peter 1, 3, you see the resurrection of Christ is connected to our new birth. And this is why it's so important to understand being born again. Because when you are born again, that has huge implications for eternal life for us. And, and you know, you realize that, that because um, we have been born again, if you've been born again, do you realize that in eternity, you are going to be free from aging? You are going to be uh, free from, uh, uh, from decay? And that in heaven, we will be perfectly suited for this physical fellowship with God. You, you know that, that, that none of us can stand in the presence of God right now. 
in these bodies. That, that Moses, you know, talked to God saying, God, can I see you? And God said, no. But uh, because your physical body, this body that we have here, has, is subject to sin and decay. But because of the resurrection of Christ and because of a new birth, being born again, you realize that, man, we will one day live in the presence of the King of Kings, where we can go into the presence of God, experience the presence of God, and survive. And it's going to be amazing. Romans 8.21 goes on to say that even the earth will be healed, that, that the, the earth will become this Garden of Eden where it'll no longer be corrupt. So God's not only going to ultimately heal our bodies, he's going to heal the earth. Revelation 21.26 points to this new Jerusalem and all the nations will be united unified and worshiping together. And, and, and I'll tell you, Jesus' physical re- resurrection body shows us that what God is going to do is he is going to restore his creation back to his original plan. Folks, that's in our future. That's what the resurrection of Christ means. That's, that's what awaits us. And and, and Jesus wanted his guys to get it. He wants us to understand the impact of the resurrection. And this is the third time he told them, look, guys, this is what I'm going to do. So, so let me give you three things today to just kind of theologically to process when it comes to, to what the resurrection of Christ really means to us. The first is this, the resurrection of Christ. You know what it confirms? It confirms that salvation is our greatest need. You realize that's true for you, right? Do you realize you need Jesus more than you need the next breath that you take? You realize that, that your family, your, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, forgiveness, Christ, is, salvation is their, their greatest need. You know, right, that there's gonna come a day when we stand before God. We're, we're gonna see God face to face. And let me tell you, this will be a moment that we will understand things fully. And, 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 and you have to think about how, how miraculous, it is, miraculous it is that we know about Christ. When you think about Christ, let's, let's just think about it rationally. I mean, Jesus, have you, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel. We're going to go again uh, next, next year. But, but Israel is a pretty small country. And when you think about how Jesus um, lived his life, he, he was born in a pretty small town uh, in the Middle East. It was not really well, that well known. I mean, and, uh, and, and he basically didn't travel very far from where he lived. Israel's really not that, that big. He didn't travel long distances, he grabbed a group of guys that surrounded him that were just kind of normal guys, normal everyday dudes. They were fishermen and, and, you know, there were some business guys, tax collectors, stuff like that. They were hated. And so this was a group of, of really nobodies. They weren't that big of a leader among them, um, you know, in the world. They didn't have a lot of power. And Jesus grabbed these guys and walked with them And think about it, here we are, 2,000 years later, thousands of miles away, talking about Jesus. It points to the fact that that, that Jesus rising from the dead is significant. And and, and, and many people, you know what they do? We we, we tend to trust our our senses, our five senses. Oh, what I can see, touch, smell, taste, hear. You know, look... 
I want to challenge you to trust in Jesus. Look to Jesus. This, this, this week, um, it's dawned on me as, as, I, as I prayed through this, uh, why, why are people so complacent about Christ? I think we don't understand the resurrection. That the resurrection shows that, that, that we can, we're going to stand before God. I, I go through the one-year Bible every year. And, um, and I'm in Job right now. And I, say, I, I found this passage this week that I'd never read before and I'd never caught before. And, and, um, and, and it's one of those moments where God just opens the window of heaven and lets us look in about the resurrection. Job is the Old Testament. And it's really old when this was written. And, and, and Job writes this in Job 19.25. I think it's on the screen. It says, he writes, for I know that my Redeemer lives. This is God inspiring Job to look into the future. And he says, my Redeemer lives. I know it. And, the, and at last, he will stand upon the earth. You realize that's coming, right? That the king of all kings is going to stand on the earth again. And after my skin has thus been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I shall see God. Again, you see a, the God opening the window of heaven, pointing to the resurrection. That's it, it's physical. Let's, let's not buy into the, the we're going to be on a cloud playing some kind of harp for eternity. That's not, the, the clearance is not the way it w- works out, right? Clearance and it's a wonderful life. Um, uh, that's not how it's going to roll out. Eternal life is physical. And he says, Job says, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. For my eyes shall behold and not another my heart. My heart faints within me, Job says. Folks, the Bible's very clear. We're going to stand before God one day. And in eternity, there's a physical reality of eternity. It's both physical and spiritual. And this is what I... This is why on this side of eternity, we can't neglect the spiritual. I see so many people living their life for just the physical world, and they miss the spiritual in this world. Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss the resurrection. Uh, A second thing that I I think the resurrection confirms, the the resurrection of Christ, you know what it confirms? What else it confirms? It confirms your new birth. You know, we looked at this a couple weeks ago in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, when Peter writes, and I want you to notice the connection to the resurrection. When he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. You see, um, this is what I'm praying this week, that people are born again. That's an old term. That's a controversial term. Jesus started that controversy a, a long time ago with Nicodemus when he said to Nicodemus, hey, you must be born again. I know that sounds like some old school country preacher of, hey, boy, you born again, you, you, you saved. But, but let me tell you something. That's an important question. Have you been born again? Have you experienced this new birth? To, to be born, we understand this. It marks the, the physical entrance into the world, right? To be born again means that there's a time that marks your spiritual birth. 
And when I think about the resurrection, this is the most important news the world has, has, could ever have, have, have heard. And, and, and they must hear and, and because, because this marks your spiritual entrance into the world. That's what the resurrection, it marks your new birth. And, and it's, it's, it's when I was brought to life. My spirit was brought to life when I was born again. Have you been born again? Do you know Christ is your Savior? New birth is, is the experience of justification. That's a big theological word that, that basically means that, that Christ made your life right. And it's on the cross. It's, it's, it's the cross and the resurrection of Christ. That, that's the vehicle that we experience justification. And that's why we need to understand this. That's why the disciples needed to understand what Jesus came to do. He came to give us new birth, to give us hope in life. And I love what Romans 4, 24 and 25 says. And notice this, it will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And, and the, the resurrection of Christ, the, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ is so very important. It's a message that the world needs to understand, that our family, our friends, uh, the generations that come behind us need to understand because it's the only path to eternal life. And when I look at the resurrection and I really try to understand what it means, it moves me to recognize that following Christ must never be mildly important to us. It's critically important. And, and again, I mentioned this earlier, but you know what else the resurrection points to? New birth comes with a resurrection body. You realize that, that in eternity, you're going to have this new body. We don't have time to unpack 1 Corinthians 15, but, but in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it tells us that when Jesus rose from the dead, he was the first fruits, right? He was the, this, base, this description indicates that, our, that it's, it's different than Lazarus' resurrection. It, it's different. He was the first fruits. It indicates that our resurrection body will be like his in heaven. Now, um, we're, we're not going to be omniscient, like I'm, we're all-knowing. We're not going to be uh, omnipotent, all-powerful. We're not going to be omnipresent. But in eternity, we'll be able to, to, to be in the presence of God, to learn. There's, there's a really, really great book that I, I've mentioned before, and I want push to push it to you again. It's called The Glory Now Revealed by a guy named Andy Davis. He's a friend of mine that, that I served with on the IMB. He's one of the smartest pastors I've ever met. And he's written this book about, about heaven and how we're going to learn in heaven. And, and I'll tell you, it's one of the greatest books on, 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 on a theology of heaven. And I want to push, it to, push you to it. Because, because, look, the resurrection of Christ, you know what it reveals? It reveals this new kind of human life that is coming for us. A life where our bodies are made perfect, where we're no longer subject to aging and death, and we're going to be able to live with the Lord for eternity. And it's physical. It's as real as we're sitting here today. You see, Jesus came to die on the cross and to pave the way to eternal life that anybody who would come 
Anybody that would come to Jesus, he would save. And the resurrection of Christ, it confirms these things. You know what else? Lastly, the resurrection of Christ confirms something. It confirms that spiritual power has been given to us. You know, as I think, think through the depth of the resurrection, now the disciples missed it, but they came to understand it. They came to understand the power that would be given to them in Acts chapter 1. That, that, okay, wait a minute, the resurrection of Christ changed everything for them. And, and power has been given to us. Like Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, it says this, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the working of his great might, notice this, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. See, the, the, all through Scripture, the Bible points to the resurrection of Christ, the power of the resurrection, what God gives to us because he rose from the dead, how the Holy Spirit moves into us and, and gives us a new way of life, how the Holy Spirit gives us power, and the Holy Spirit moves us to be witnesses. You know what I see? Because of the resurrection, you and I, we have power over sin, and this is something that is given to us. Now, I don't, we get to experience that in everyday life because, look, you're not a slave to sin anymore when Jesus comes into your life. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. I have power over sin. I have strength that God provides because the, the Holy Spirit is in me. There's victory over sin. I'm going to really understand this victory the day I draw my last breath or the day that Jesus returns because when I stand before God, I'm going to recognize, oh, my goodness, that's holy God in front of me. But there's been victory over sin because the blood of Christ covers my life. And see, that's why the we, this week, we, we get the opportunity to point our family, our friends, and our neighbors to the cross, to what Jesus did on the cross. Because that's the only way their sins can be forgiven. And over and over again, the Bible points to the power of the resurrection. There's victory over sin. Oh, this is what a world needs to see. See, because we live in a world that thinks, I'm all right. I'm okay. Whatever you believe is fine. That's not true. There's only one way to eternal life. I mean, there's only one name that can, uh, that, can that, that, to be praised. There's only one God of all creation. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. The cross and the resurrection are critically important for us. And we've got to let the world know. So be bold. I want to, I want to challenge us to be bold. Let's be brave in the midst of doubts, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of, of even ultimate situations where um, we may not survive in this world. Let's be bold. Let's be brave. Because God's promises are true. Let's be believing. Let's trust the Lord with the strength that he gives. Let's, let's, um, there's victory over sin. Do you know what else we see? There's power for ministry because of the resurrection. Do you know you and I have power in ministry? Harrison can fight, can fight cancer with bravery because there's power. That, that, this is ministry that God has, God has entrusted him with and for us with as we rally around him. God's using him. 
You know, when I think about this week at Passion Week, the, the creativity of our people is they, we're going to, this is going to be the city of Jerusalem in just a matter of hours. And it's not cheeseball. It's actually cool. It actually makes sense. It actually connects. This week, we have a modern day revival in the history of, in our, in our church for our community where we're going to share the gospel with, with small groups of people as they come through the Passion Week and, and as, they, as they've walked through the, the cross, the stations of the cross, oh, we're going to get to sit down with them and say, hey, look, do you know Jesus? And then those that have been baptized believers, uh, they'll be able to take the Lord's Supper together. Folks, there's power for ministry because of the resurrection of Christ. And, and, and this is, moves us, and, and we know this. And, and Acts 1.8 says, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Guess what? Oklahoma is one of the ends of the earth. And here we are this week going to be faithful to point a city, point those that we love and know to Christ. And so as we have an invitation, Joe, come on up. We started this service with prayer, with intercession. Today's the day we need to end our service with intercession. Can, can I ask you? Let's go into Passion Week on our knees. Let me tell you something. Our altars need to be filled today with us praying for our family because you know what? You may say, well, my family knows the Lord. Okay, well, look, uh, uh, we can't be complacent. Some of us are complacent. And the resurrection of Christ moves us to go, look, this, we cannot be complacent about Christ. Let's get on our knees and pray for people to see Christ, see what Jesus has done, what he's doing, how he's working. Let's, let's get on our knees and pray for those that we work with, those that we walk with in life. Look, let's, today, let's, let's be bold. Speak up. There's someone in your life this week. Let's be bold. We need to get on our knees and say, Lord, help me be bold with this. Let's not miss the fact that the disciples, that they, they missed initially the resurrection of Christ. Even though Jesus told them three times, they missed it. You know what I don't want to do this week is miss the resurrection. Oh, let's, let's get on our knees. You know, um, I, I really felt led to to do this, especially as I focus in on, on the resurrection of Christ. You may be sitting here and the Lord keeps moving your heart to serve the Lord, not just everyone is called to ministry. All of us are called to ministry. But you may be called to ministry inside the church. It's been on my heart. Is that, is that you? Is that something that's on your heart? 
Maybe you're called to the nations. Maybe you're called to the mission field. Man, lean into the Lord. Let your church help you. Father, we give you this time. And I ask that that these altars would be filled today. Bringing our family, our friends, our own hearts to your throne and, and just speaking the names of people out loud at your throne. Father, if there's somebody watching or in the room that doesn't know you as Savior, Father, I pray that this burning call in their heart that they need to be born again would be would, would not be resisted. We'd be embraced. Lord, teach us about the resurrection. Speak to our hearts this week. Use our church this week in this city. Father, lead us and move us. Move us to pray right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altars are open. I'm gonna ask you to stand where you are.